0: Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey
1: Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hi, Julia. <laughs> how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy to be talking to you. That's how I'm oh, doing. Oh my gosh. I'm thrilled to be talking to you and to learn more about this new book that I have right in front of me. It's stunning. <laughs> Your hair on the cover is just gorgeous.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Loving
1: it, loving it, loving it. But before we get started, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, my
2: name is Julia tertian I am a cookbook author and my latest book is called Simply Julia and in addition to that, I guess I would say, I don't know, I have a podcast, but mostly I just really spend most of my time with my wife and our dogs and
1: that's me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's dive right into the new book, mm-hmm. Simply Julia 110 Easy Recipes for Healthy Comfort Food, which I love easy recipes, especially warming <laughs> comfort food. So, talk us a little bit through this new project and how it's different from your last and what you want the readers to take away from this specifically.
2: Well, first, just thank you for what you said. That was really kind. And, you know, I appreciate that. I, I would say, I guess it's, it's valuable to know that this isn't my first cookbook. I've worked on a bunch of other books, my own and a lot of collaborative books. Mm-hmm. So I came to this book with that experience. And one of the things that experience has offered me is this just ongoing dialogue, like this conversation with other home cooks. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a home cook who writes for other home cooks. I think that's the through line of everything I've worked on. And that means I'm just talking to people all the time, not only about what they're cooking, but also what keeps them from cooking. And I just have tried to pay a lot of attention to those, I don't know, pain points, I guess, and yeah. just really pay attention to the questions I get asked most often. So when I set out to write this book, you know, I was asking myself, do I have another book in me? Like, is it useful? <laughs> and yeah. I just felt like, wow, there are these questions that keep coming up and I feel like I can try and address them. So that comes through in how practical this book is, you know, it's divided into chapters, like, you know, the first chapter is all like super quick, easy kind of, you know, I call them weeknight recipes, but I mean, you can make them whenever they're just really easy recipes. There's a chapter of vegan one pot meals. Um, That's something I get asked about a lot, like, hey, I want to eat more vegan food, but it feels intimidating. And I'm like, how about all these just easy one pot things there's a chapter of all chicken recipes it's like i think one of the if not the most like googled thing (laughs) like in the world so you know i was just trying to address all these questions and basically give all this information that i've gathered from being a home cook for so many years. And as I continued to work on the book, it became not only the most practical book I've worked on, but also the most personal. And I think that's really probably what sets it apart from my other books. And what I mean by personal, I mean, you're so sweet to say about like my hair on the cover, but you know, like I'm on the cover of the book. I'm not like a TV person. I'm not like a celebrity. I'm not, you know, like, I don't know, a restaurant chef. Like I just, I keep repeating this, but I feel like it's worth repeating. Like I'm a home cook. And so I feel like I got to really put myself out there as such and stand up for my fellow home cooks. You know, there's also just a ton of personal writing in the book, which I've always done, but there's more of that here. There are some essays, there's old family photographs and stuff. Mm -hmm. My handwriting is all over the book, like every recipe title is in my handwriting. And, you know, I think it just gives it sort of that true kind of like personal touch. And the reason I'm so happy the book became not only so practical, but also so personal is because, you know, it really has nothing to do with my ego, or at least I hope not. I think it's, I'm happy it's so personal because I think it just creates this really like safe environment in the book and a book of healthy comfort food. It's really important to me that anyone who opens it, like, does not feel judged, you know, for their body, for their cooking ability, for, you know, whatever it might be. I just feel like a lot of cookbooks make people feel a little bit less than (laughs) like, my food doesn't look like how it looks in the picture. Like it shouldn't feel that way in my opinion. And I love, you know, it's really interesting being a cookbook author, like in the age of social media, because you get to see what people are cooking from your book. It's like really amazing. And I love, like, I feel like so many people's pictures look better than mine. Like everything turns out so beautifully and it makes me feel so happy. And yes, that's because, you know, like I test my recipes endlessly, but it's also because I'm paying attention to details. Like I'm not putting something in the picture that's not in the recipe, you know, stuff like that. Mm, So yeah, yeah, I basically, yeah, I wanted to include so much of myself in the book because I want you to know that. I guess I just want to feel like I've earned your trust. I hope I have. Right. And I just want you to feel like this is, yeah, a super safe space. You're not going to be judged. And I think it's one thing to say that, but I think to really walk the walk of that, I found it helpful to just be really personal and like open up about some stuff. So yeah, I would say that's how it's different and that's what it is. And I hope I answered your question. I feel like I just went in a few
1: directions. No, I love all the directions you went into because it brought me to my next two questions. And the first one is, what has being a home cook taught you about self-trust?
2: That's such a wonderful question. It has taught me so much about trusting myself because when I'm in my kitchen, it is where I feel my most confident and that feels incredibly valuable. And I feel that way because I don't start cooking and assume everything's going to turn out perfectly. (laughs) I start cooking and I know that something might happen and I can respond to it. And Mm. that is where my confidence in the kitchen comes from. And that just comes from experience. That's nothing. I'm not a better cook than anyone else or anything. That's just me being someone who's done this over and over and over. Like, I feel like like the 10,000 hour thing, (laughs) like I have just cooked at home for so long. And that has put me in a position where I have learned I can trust myself. And Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way in every department of my life. And I actually, this is like, might be so silly, but I feel like this kind of answers your question. I, the background of my phone, like (laughs) when I turn on my phone, I took a picture of a note I wrote to myself, just so I can remind myself of this all the time, because I look at my phone more than anything, which is sad, but true. (laughs) And it says on my phone, the thing I wrote to remind myself of is approach more of life like I cook. (laughs) And I just put this on the other day because I had this revelation because I was like, Julia, when you're in the kitchen, that is where you are just most confident and assured and calm. And you can be that way in other places. You know, I'm trying. So I love that question. Thank you for asking. Yeah.
1: That's, I love that screensaver quote. (laughs)
2: I'll have to send you a picture. Yeah,
1: I want to see it like, and that goes kind of like for everything. So if there's a painter listening to this or a writer or a dancer, you know what I mean? Who's really confident. And their ability to show up in their craft, like you can insert craft here. That really does display this self-confidence and self-trust that maybe isn't present in other facets of our lives. But as you said, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. And that is just as important. And I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the radical act of like cooking as community care, because you can mm. talk about how you've been listening to these stories of your fellow home cooks, and you've been in conversation with people. So what has cooking and being in community taught you about how they are interwoven with mm. one another?
2: You asked such thoughtful questions and I just really appreciate that. It has taught me so much about community. I feel like everything I know about community, I know through food. And I appreciate what you said too about, you know, what I said about my phone screensaver and like this applies to whatever your thing is, right? <laughs> like I you know, for me, it's cooking because I love it. I've been drawn to it since I was a little kid. Cooking is not something everyone loves and it's not something everyone has access to. Like, I totally get that. It just happens to be the thing I love. So it's the thing that I will continue to show up for. Mm. And I think that's true for a lot of people. I think a lot of people love cooking, but I feel like what we're talking about really can be applied anywhere. So if you love graphic design or if you love, I don't know, knitting or something Mm -hmm, like these mm -hmm. things can be used to help connect you to community. And I think, I don't know, I learn new things about cooking and community every day. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that feels really valuable is when I follow something I'm really interested in, you know, as opposed to things that I feel like I'm supposed to be interested in, Mm. like when I follow my Curiosity that leads me to other people who are curious about the same thing. And it also leads me to people who maybe require the thing that I'm curious about. So, you know, I do a lot of, I would say, like, like direct community work, like in my community, like in my zip code, like in the place where I live. So I do a lot of volunteering at our local food pantry. I do that with my wife. We do a weekly volunteer shift at this place that's essentially like our local Meals on Wheels program. And, you know, so for me, it comes back to food because that is what I'm most interested in. So I get to connect with people who, you know, require that food and we're able to give it. And we're also able to get, you know, all of the amazing experience it is to be connected to our community in that way, to do it from a place that feels incredibly mutual um, and not, you know, from like a, I don't know, I just feel like sometimes I feel like a lot of community work is set up in this like, we're telling you what to do kind of thing, like this hierarchy thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way. So food, because it's something we all require, I feel like reminds me that we're just all connected to each other in that way. So there's that like literal community work, but also, yeah, like the ongoing conversation with other people who cook at home, you know, and that happens for me on social media. It also happens every time I talk to my dad, (laughs) it happens every time I talk to my friends. Like I was thinking the other day, like my closest friends, if we didn't talk about food and what we're cooking. And, you know, some of them have kids and one is single and like, you know, she's telling us what this guy is cooking for her and stuff. And like, it's, this is what we talk about. Like, if we didn't talk about food, like, I feel like we would be just so quiet, <laughs> and, you know, for us that's part of why we're such good friends right we all love this thing and so for me it just comes up in all these different ways and i just think food can be this glue between us and you know food has taught me about so many people it's made me realize how you know this is obvious but just like how big the world is and i sense that when i start learning more about what people eat and how they cook around the world and it also reminds me how small the world is because like there aren't that many differences there
1: Can we talk a little bit about a thought in your book that when I actually first got the book in the mail, I flipped open to it and it landed on this thought of unworthiness of our bodies. It's this beautiful photo of you and your mama and in 1988, a year before I was born, and I was just like, oh my God, this is that this is just calling me, and, and wow. that there's a line in here. And I know, as an author, I know it's weird to hear other people read your work. No, Can no. The line? Yeah, please. Okay. You said, for so long, whenever I felt fat or what I deemed fat, it was almost always a way to describe anything other than happy. Not only had I equated fat with anything other than happy, I had set up a tidy, miserable binary for all of my feelings to fit into it. And I was just like, wow. Can we talk a little bit about your relationship with your body, how it correlates with food and how you are sorting out or how you have sorted out your emotions alongside, you know, worthiness, self-care, body image, food, like it all kind of goes hand in hand. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: I will just quickly just thank you for pulling out this line. And it's actually really amazing to hear you say it out loud. And just to listen to it, like, I don't know, it's interesting. I don't quite know how to describe what I'm feeling, but it's sort of surreal and just makes me feel very connected. And I appreciate that opportunity. And Mm. I guess I'll quickly say, in terms of like how I've sorted things out or if I'm sorting them out, like, I just want to definitely say it's the latter. Like, I am sorting. (laughs) Like, I do not have this all figured out by any means. I'm not an authority here Um, when it comes to, you know, fat phobia or diet culture or body image. I am just someone who is really willing to be very honest about my experiences in my body, because I have learned so much from other people who have done the same. And I guess where to begin, basically, long story short, you know, I grew up completely embedded in diet culture, as I think most of us have. I mean, it's just the culture we live in. I think some people, you know, grow up in homes and families that actively don't participate in diet culture, but that was Mm -hmm. not my experience by any means. And I have had this lifelong Love of food and curiosity about it, and just like magnetic pull to the kitchen, you know, all the things we've been talking about. I have loved to cook. I've been so curious about all of it. And that has happened at the same exact time that I've had a very fraught relationship with consuming food and with my body. And I have not known how to reconcile that. And it's been very hard for me to hold both these things at the same time. Like my love of cooking and this positive thing, and my just fear around eating and my guilt and shame around eating. And I basically got to a point a couple of years ago where I think I just reached my limit for that. And one of the things that kind of indicated to me that like, Hey, Julia, you have reached your limit. (laughs) You know, one of the lights that went off like warning lights, I feel Mm -hmm. like was this realization that I felt like I had only ever felt two things like happy or fat. And, Mm. you know, the line you described and, you know, that you read, and that was really like clarifying for me. Mm -hmm. And it was also incredibly sad. And I mean, first fat is not a feeling, Right. (laughs) So, like, that was like step number one that I was powerful for me to understand. But I really realized just how limited I had made my experience of my own emotions and feelings. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I wanted to feel more. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. part of what got me to that place, quite honestly, is just my marriage. And I am incredibly fortunate to be married to my. Wonderful, supportive, very smart, and very kind wife, Grace, who honestly invited me to look at myself through her eyes. And I think she had been, you know, married to someone who hated her body. And that's not like a lot of fun to be around, I don't think. And also really hard to be around, like when you're your own person, your own woman living in your own body. And, you know, that it was hard for us. And it was, Sad, And so that is kind of what led me to that kind of understanding about my feelings. And, you know, what I shared in the essay, and I can send you a picture later too, along with my screensaver, but I bought this poster. No,
1: that's not silly. That's it's amazing. so helpful.
2: It's I'm <laughs> looking at it right now. It's still up on my wall. I use it all the time. I went to like a school supply website. I mean, you could get it <laughs> wherever online and you don't have to buy one, but it just has been helpful for me to have this physical object in my home. I bought this poster that, you know, the one you see in a lot of kids' classes classrooms, the emotions poster, just as you said, like pictures of all the different emotions and feelings and like a picture of a kid next to each word, making the face that indicates that feeling. And I force myself anytime I was not forced. That's a strong word. I trained myself. (laughs) I invited myself, whatever. There we go. You know, all all the things,
1: get to this poster. Okay. (laughs) So like
2: if I was feeling, or if I still have a moment where I'm like, oh, I feel fat, Mm. I just pause. I don't get mad at myself for feeling that way. I don't try to fight it. I don't try to ignore it. I just say, oh, okay. Like we're going to walk over to the poster now and we're going to figure out what we're actually feeling. And right now I'm talking about myself as we, I don't know what that means, but whatever. (laughs) And I just plant myself in front of this poster and I am just like, oh, I'm feeling really angry right now because, you know, this happened or I'm feeling frustrated about this situation. And, you know, I think I'm feeling uncomfortable in my body. And like, am Mm. I like, does my shoulder hurt? Does my knee hurt? Like, no. Oh, okay. Like, you know, I just check in with myself and it's given me this visual, I don't know, assistance that I have found really helpful. You know, this could be anything, you know, whatever works for you, but this has been really helpful for me, you know, like in addition to therapy and, you know, friendships and (laughs) lots of other support, but yeah, the poster has been great. And well, I've given you kind of not the short story, maybe the medium one, but where this all lands in the book you know, this is a cookbook, right? Like this isn't my memoir about my body, but it felt really important to me to include this essay, this sort of reflection about my body, about untangling this kind of knot that I felt between the difference between how I feel when I cook and when I, when I eat, it felt really important to put this in a book of healthy comfort food recipes and just to like acknowledge it and name it and just share that. And, I'm really happy I did, especially because, you know, this is a healthy book that is not about weight loss Mm -hmm. and it's not about restriction and it's not about deprivation and it's not disordered eating, you know, in a disguise of a cookbook, (laughs) you know, it's a book about feeling good when we eat, which is something I just continue to learn every day. So, yeah.
1: So beautifully said and to hear you kind of talk about the call to action, emotions, poster and getting yourself over to that poster to do your self check-in and to Mm -hmm. to get curious about what you're feeling like that is so major and major for so many different steps of our path and I loved seeing that essay I mean the whole book is just stunning and fun Um, but that essay in particular was just like it's going to resonate with so many people with Mm. so many women and it's just special and sacred and I'm really glad that you put that in there because it just allows folks to see that they're not yeah. alone, you know, and like that we are not alone and we're in this together and we, we can show up as we are without shame or guilt in our bodies. So just kudos and celebration <laughs> for that. Well, I just,
2: I really thank you. And to know that it, you know, resonated for you in any way is just really meaningful to me, just person to person. Like I value the impact it could have for you know, a a big group of people, as you're saying, but I also just feel like it matters on a personal level. So just thank you for Mm. telling me that. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. So before we wrap up, I'd love to talk about self-care during the pandemic and putting a book out during the pandemic, which is just a feat. So what has self-care been looking like for you these days as a wife, as a chef, as a daughter, a friend, and- What was it like creating a book and putting it out Mm -hmm. this time?
2: I guess, yeah, I'll answer your first question first. So I guess self-care for me has been mostly about sleep (laughs) and (laughs) just trying to get as much rest as I can. That is not something I am very good at. (laughs) And I have just tried to make that my goal and my priority because I feel like when I do, it helps put a lot of other things that make me feel good into place. Like, for example, I notice... I sleep a lot better if I've taken a really nice long walk with like our dogs during the day. And Mm -hmm. I enjoy that walk and I'm grateful to be able to do it. And I notice like how it impacts my sleep. So that becomes like a a motivation for me. I think also just trying as hard as I can not to judge myself about anything. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would say one of the ways I take care of myself is you know, watching as much Bravo TV as I want. <laughs> and, you Period. know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just not judging that, not feeling like that makes me, I don't know, lazy or something. That's something I used to think. And I just realized, no, this, when you do this, like you feel relaxed. So like do it <laughs> like how great, that you can. So, yeah. And putting out a book right now, you know, when I started working on Simply Juliet, It was essentially two years ago. It was, you know, early spring 2019. I had no idea. No one had any idea what would be happening you know, on March 2nd, 2021, which was the day the book was published. And yeah, it has been really surreal and unlike any other experience I've had. And I would say I just have so much more gratitude for the whole process than I ever had and so much gratitude for the people who cook from the book and read it. And I would say, I don't know, I'm really grateful that I had most of, you know, all of 2020 to continue working on the book you know i turned the very first draft of the book in in february 2020 the very beginning of the year i photographed it essentially in like april with an amazing photographer melina hammer who lives like 10 minutes from me and we were never in the same room together i would like prepare everything at home drop it off at her house she'd put the finishing touches on it we would like text all day like hey do you want like two plates in this one or just one you know stuff like that like it was really kind of wild, but like an amazing collaboration, like so much communication. It was really pretty cool and safe. And I don't know, I just really value our, you know, our relationship to do that. And then I had kind of the rest of the year to continue editing the book, which meant I got to continue to reflect on how the pandemic really impacts home cooks and also really gives them, I think, the acknowledgement that we so often don't receive. You know, home cooks are vital. Home cooks really anchor their households and, you know, their communities. And it's a lot of work. <laughs> and I think that if anyone didn't know that, they probably learned that during the pandemic. They're still learning it. We all are. You know, when we cook at home, we're not just like making a meal, we're, you know, getting ingredients, we're keeping like, this endless inventory list in our minds about, you know, what's in our freezer, (laughs) like what's actually in there. (laughs) And we clean up so much stuff and we take out the trash and we like, it's, there's just a lot. And I just think it's really valuable labor that often is, you know, not only not like compensated, but just not valued. And I just wanted to really acknowledge my fellow home cooks for what they give and just say like, this is valuable. (laughs) And I think to also reflect on ways, you know, food has allowed me to connect to my community, you know, all the ways you asked me about, and I got to share today, you know, that is work I've always done, but, you know, doing it during this time of COVID has made me just really grateful that I have these ways that I can support my community because my community supports me so much. Like the mutual aid kind of feeling that I think we've all hopefully tapped into in some way, something I'm definitely taking out of this time that is really valuable. So yeah, I I feel like that all kind of was stuff I got to bring to this book. And I'm glad to put it out right now, because I just I do believe it's it's useful. You know, yes, it's personal, but it is also so practical in all the ways I got to share also today. And I just I feel like this time has reminded me that I just really like feeling useful. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. that's basically Mm -hmm. what I strive for. And it's given me a sense of purpose, you know, during just such a challenging time. So I'm grateful for for this experience.
1: Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L.